Today, I'm very, very, I mean, I'm like beyond honored to be able to, uh, to, be able to introduce the speaker that I'm about to introduce to you. And I can't do it without telling a couple stories and at least framing some things because I've just never, I've, I've waited for this opportunity like forever. Uh, so uh, t- today, I, also, I have two friends of mine here today. John and Tony are, are here with me. And they, they, we, the three of us and two others, we used to travel in a band. And we used to play like in a, a lifetime ago, a different life. Uh, sometimes I'll tell you like little pieces of that. But we traveled around. And that's all we did for a living. Uh, well, it wasn't really a living. It was more like a life. But, but that's all we did for our lives. Like we just did it. We, we, didn't, we didn't work. We didn't go to school. We just went around. And we played music. And we loved people. And we told people about Jesus in kind of that way, through music. And, uh, and through that, uh, when we were traveling, we were, through a series of events, we ended up in California, uh, and, we, and, and, and this is how I met Kenny, and I, and I wanted to share this with you just to show you kind of what this family is like, okay? I met him at a, uh, at, it was, I don't know if it, was, if it was Carl's Jr. or if it was Tacos or Del Taco, it probably was Del Taco, okay? And this, is, this also says a lot about me and how I am and who I am, right? So we're, we're at Del Taco, we're at, we, we had just played a concert. We totally rocked the house. It was amazing. We brought the whole thing down. Everybody loved us. It was beautiful. So then we go to this concert, and we're, we're at this, then we go to this restaurant, and we're ordering our food, and I get in line first. And I order my food. I order my, I bring $5, $6, something like that worth of food. And then after that, Kenny stands up, and he makes this beautiful announcement. He's like, I got the band covered. I'm paying for everybody. But I'd already paid for my food. So, so I go up to Kenny, because of course I'm on tour and starving musician. I'm like, dude, I paid for my food. It was like five bucks. Can you just give me the five dollars? Kenny gets out his wallet and he hands me five dollars. And then he buys all their food. And then he invites us to live in his house. That's literally, and he invited us, and we lived in his house, and we stayed with him that first time. For, we thought maybe we'd stay a week or two. We probably, well, we stayed probably five, six weeks, for at least a month, something like that, the first time. And then we'd plan another trip to California, and we're like, hey, we're going to just set up, we'll just set up at Kenny's house. We just assumed it would be fine. So we, we'll set up at Kenny's, Kenny and Deborah's house. We'll set up there. So then we, 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 we start booking shows and concerts all around California, and we move in with them. We, we didn't really ask him. We just told, sort of told him, hey, we're coming. And we stayed like two or three months the second time. And then throughout time, we just keep going back and going back. And every time they would open up their home to us. And every time we would have conversations that would last so late into every single night, just like we did last night. And every single, every single day, we would do our laundry and we would eat their food. And we never gave them any money and we never gave them any rent. And we never bought them any groceries. And we never did anything because we were so naive and did not have a clue how much it was costing this family. And they had just had... Uh, a, a baby at that time, and then the next time we saw them, they just had another baby, and when we first went, it was the third baby, then they were at the four babies, and now they're at five babies, and now they're all starting to grow up, and every time we got there, their lives were more complicated, and we had more people with us, and they just kept letting us live with them, and, and, and I, I, I say all that to say, like, some of you know a little bit about our story and the stuff that's happened since we've been here, and like, we would not be the people that we are. I would, Don and I, we would not be the people that we are if it were not for this couple. We, would not, we wouldn't understand hospitality even a little bit. They, nobody in my life has taught me more about what it means to be hospitable, to open your home to somebody, to live the life, the love of Jesus. I, I can, like, there are three people in my life that I always tell you guys are the, the biggest influences, three families, Brad and Stella Reed, uh, Kevin and Renee Berry, and Kenny and Deborah Jones. Um, and Kenny and Deborah Jones, more than any, anybody, has lived 
the love of Jesus to me and display that to me. And so I've been forever, I've been like, we got to get him here. We've got to, and we tried and tried and tried, and finally it worked out. Just on this random week, he's randomly called me last week. He's like, I can come. I'm like, come. We will rearrange whatever you're coming. And so we're so honored. So I just wanted to say all that to tell you I love this couple with all of my heart. Uh, they're just unbelievable, and I, I, they, I'm so grateful for them, and I'm so glad that he can just be able to just download a little bit of that into you guys, and you can have that experience with them. So with that, I give you Pastor Kenny Jones. So that's my first page of my notes, so that's okay. So we're just going to forget about that. Hey, uh, thank you guys for allowing my wife, Deborah and I, to be here to share um, in this month uh, that you guys are covering missions. It's, it's an honor. It's a pleasure. Like, to be honest with you, I'm going to be super selfish. To, you know, I'm just going to put that out there. Because not only do I get to come and speak about missions and what we're doing in Haiti, and this is, I'm going to get emotional. This is where I get to come and get reunited with a bunch of guys that a long, long time ago showed up in San Jacinto, California, in this creeper van. I kid you not. <laughs> like, these guys rolled up, and it was like, you know, one of those 1970s, like, Scooby-Doo, Shaggy kind of, you know what I'm saying? John, it was your van, right? John's van. And it was like, the, the, you know, the, like, who's got kids? Who's got kids? Anybody got kids in here? It's that van that you tell your kids, like, don't go next to that van, you know? If you see a van like this coming down the street, you better run, because they're going to take you. And then the guys that got out of the van look like the guys that would probably take a couple kids, but that's, you know. Um, but it was such a blessing for us. And Deb and I, we had a couple of kids at the time. She was pregnant, and we just got asked. Hey, we got this band coming. You know, they're going to come and, you know, do a show for us. They're going to hang out for like a week or something. <laughs> like, okay, cool. That was two weeks, three weeks, right? The first time it was three weeks. And then, you know, we, next year they're like, hey, we want to come back down to California, like Jake was saying. And, you know, uh, we're trying to get a record deal. We want to sing for Jesus, you know. And, like, let's, if I'm going to be honest, like, I hate punk music. <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, and so we would... So we were like, okay, come on. And so we would go to their shows and, you know, be like the little roadie and set up, you know, help, you know, Tony carries, you know, a little bass guitar. It's not bass. And, you know, it's amps and John is amps and Tony had a drum. We'd just set it up and then we'd stand there and be like, dude, I hate this music. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that, right, right, just sometimes, you know, God puts you in these situations where, man, he just brings people together. And there aren't so many things that connect you, but he does. And you'll sit in an audience with a bunch of kids, and we were youth pastors at the time, so it wasn't anything new to us, but we would sit in the audience and watch these guys run up and down this stage and have a bunch of kids, like, jumping and screaming and whatever they were singing about, what, you know, Jesus, sort of. Um, but they would be so excited, and at the end of it, you know, they would give this invitation, and, you know, it was just, it was beautiful. And, and that piece is the piece that allowed us to be connected with this group of guys. And so, to be honest with you, I really just want to sit up here and go, I'm glad you guys are here, but I'm here for you guys. Don and Jacob, man, Brittany, Tony, Amy, John. And there's a couple that aren't here, but um, as much as we've, I, like, as much as you say that we've influenced and affected your lives, you guys have shaped and influenced ours. Like, we get to see you grow and get married and have kids and watch you through social media and go, man, we got to be a part of that. We got to be a part of that. 
And as God continues to uh, reveal and write his story, we still get to be a part of it. And so thank you. for I don't know how I recover from this, dude. Um, <laughs> anybody got any tissue? <laughs> I need tissue. That's okay. So anyways, so this band came, and so they kept coming. Hey, we're going to make it. You know, we're going to get a record deal. And I'm like, okay, guys, your music sucks. But, you know, it's okay. Maybe you will. I don't know. Praise Jesus. Um, but the cool thing was is I remember, you know, Jake was like, yeah, they came. They ate our food. Uh, I just dev Like, there were duffel bags, like, everywhere. Dirty clothes everywhere. Yeah, they did their laundry once in a while, I think. <laughs> they were boys, you know what I'm saying? So they would do their laundry once in a while. But, like, I just remember clothes. Deb just like, Deb's like, yeah, I remember too. She'd, like, like, these dudes would be walking around, and she'd be picking up clothes and, like, spraying Febreze behind them. You know what I'm saying? Like, they were dirty and nasty. But, but we loved you, and it was a great experience. Um, and I would say at the time, if I can transition, at the time it was like, we didn't recognize what God was really doing in our lives. We didn't. We were just living and just, you know, um, in, in the moment, you know, as far as being missionaries. Like, I didn't really know what a missionary was back there. Or if I, if I were to say uh, what I thought a missionary was, it was, it was that person that got called to be, to go far away, you know, um, and do that thing and live in a hut and, you know, their kids were homeschooled and, you know, ride elephants or whatever. That was my concept of, of what missionaries were. And, and when I look back at that day and that time, I go, well, maybe it's different. I would say we were missionaries. Not only that, but we are missionaries. And even preparing for this and, and stepping into this whole missionary world, because, again, for 20-plus years, we were you know, student ministry pastors and kids pastors and family pastors and never really got into being missionaries. But as I look back over the past 22 to 20 years, I think we were. I think we are. As a matter of fact, I think we all are. And there's a debate, you know, in the Christian world. I love it. You know, I'm glad, Shane, maybe that's a question you say, are we missionaries or not, you know? Um, but I feel that we are all missionaries. You know, uh, Austin, you said something about volunteering. Forget about volunteering. Mission, missionaring. Maybe that's what we should start calling it. Because when we step into what God is doing and unfolding and, and writing, you know, in the church, it's like he wants us all to be a part of it. And so when we look at what, you know, missionary, uh, the definition of it is, I, let, me, let me read this to you. Those, definition of missionary, and I, I wrote that, you know, I saw it on the line. It's like, those who have been called by God to, to full-time ministry, the word of prayer. And I'm going, okay, isn't that what he calls us all to? Full-time ministry? And you go, well, like, Kenny, I got a job. I'm like, but when I read scriptures and Acts, it's like, you know, they're like, well, even Jesus. He's like, pick up your cross and follow me. Like he asked those dudes, you know, when he was starting his ministry to come and follow him. And they laid down their nets and gave up their business and they followed him. But I think today, he still asks us to pick up our crosses and follow him. Like we have jobs, but it is, we, it's who we are as Christians, as Christ followers, is to follow him daily. And I go, okay, well, I'm a missionary then, right? Another piece of, you know, uh, looking up online and, you know, trying to figure out what the definition of a missionary is, is it goes, those who have crossed geographical and or cultural boundaries. 
I haven't spent too much time in uh, Detroit, but I guarantee you, I could bet money that six blocks away from here, total different culture. Am I right? Total different group, people group. We were in Midtown last night, right? And, and it's like, here, I'm, from, I'm from California, so everybody's just kind of like chill, you know what I'm saying? So we get to Midtown, and we're going out to dinner with John and Amy, and I'm going, dude, this is hood. Like, do, do, where's my vest? You know, I'm like, are you packing, John? You know, I'm like, it's going to get a little rough. And we step into this restaurant, and it was a whole different set group of people. I go, well, there's cultural boundaries that are being crossed right here in Detroit. A stone throw away from where this church is. And I go, well, okay, well, then I, I can be a missionary. And then there's this other piece, this last piece that says, those that will preach the gospel in those areas of the world where Jesus Christ is largely, if not entirely, unknown. Ladies and gentlemen, think about the schools you attend, the work, your workplace, just the grocery store. I guarantee you, right here in Detroit, in the United States of America, that you come across people that don't know Jesus. He is an unknown God to them. So is it my job? Is it, is it my calling? Is it, you know, um, Jesus' uh, mission that I want to step into and help him complete to talk, to preach, to proclaim the good news in the grocery store? in the schools, in our neighborhoods. And I would say, am I crossing boundaries, cultural boundaries and geographic? Absolutely. Am I a missionary? I think, I think so. I, I think so. And you guys can go and, you know, talk to Shane and go, hey, this dude came on Sunday and he's like, we're all missionaries, but really? Let him answer it. But for me, I go, man, I have been on mission when I stepped into this faith journey. For the last 25 years, we have been on mission. We have been missionaries. Luke 4, I mean, just to proclaim the good news of Jesus, to set the captives free, to heal people. That's what Jesus came to do, and it's like, that's what he asked me, and that's what he asked all of you. And this just may be a reminder for you, Courage Church, because I watch in the four days in the summer where you have uh, student ministry teams and people come from all over the place or when you just did the backpack thing like you get it you're missionaries whether we like labels or not it's alright but understand that and again I think this is just a reminder that you're a missionary right here and, and even when it talks about this is your Jerusalem some people will go to Samaria some people will go to the ends of the earth to preach and proclaim the good news of Jesus, but right here in your Jerusalem, you're a missionary. Take up your cross. Follow him. Proclaim the good news. Heal people. Be in relationship. Be in community. Invite them to a, a life, an abundant life. A life that they 
aren't aware of, that they completely don't know about, or they just completely reject. Jesus continued to walk and step into those places and those scenarios, and he loved. You're a missionary right here, right now. And so it's just not for us that get to go to those faraway places and to be in those cultures where there's no elephants in Haiti, but there are dogs. There are skinny cows. And some of us get to do that. But I want to encourage you, encourage church, that be continue to be on mission right here. Just because we get to go to faraway places doesn't make us any more of a missionary or a better missionary or, you know, the cool missionaries. Man, I would love to, and I love to hear the stories that happen right here in the local church as you step out into those back doors. When you get up in the morning and you go, we'll get that later, and you go about your day and the people that you have an opportunity to interact with continue. To do that, you're a missionary. Here's my definition. I mean, maybe not a definition, but you know, kind of everyone that follows Jesus is a missionary. Same mission, different places. You're a missionary. Continue to do what you're already doing, but do it better. Grab people by the hand, link arms with them, and go, hey, we're, what did I say earlier? Missionaring, missionaring. I'm black, so I can make up words. So, missionaring today. When there's things that are going on in the church, get involved. Get involved in your community. Show up. And at times it's very difficult, but it's very uh, intricate and just love. And I don't want to be cliche in the 1990s, but that's what Jesus would do. Show up and just love. And I guarantee you, watch what happens. People will be changed. Lives will be transformed. Young kids will be known and seen and will want more of this gospel message that transforms and changes lives. You are being called to that. You have an opportunity to be a part of it just as much as we do. I wanted to talk about, you know, Matthew 28 real quick before, I mean, I, I told Jacob I have to, you know, I got to get a Bible verse in here somewhere. And the interesting thing about this Matthew 28 uh, verse is, I think so for so long, you know, the, the Christian community has said, you know, go and, you know, make disciples. And it's been this, you know, command and this commission. And, like, when you break it down, it's really not. It's not, hey, go, like, far. And that's what I'm encouraging you in because that's what we, I think, generally think of when it comes, comes to missionaries. Go far away. That word go, let me read it first so we'll be okay. My glasses? I'm sorry. When Jesus came near, he spoke to them. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You have it too. So wherever you go, 
Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to do everything I have commanded you, and remember that I am always with you until the end of time. Jesus says, so wherever you go, not go, like go far away, wherever you go, ready? So as you go, like I said earlier, to your schools, to the grocery stores, to your homes, in your communities, in your neighborhoods, when you're going, do you guys do like um, uh, goat uh, yoga here? Goat yoga is like, it's a real thing in Tennessee right now, and I don't understand it. But as you're doing goat yoga, I don't maybe not here? Okay. As you're going throughout your day, do that. Be the missionary. Lean into Jesus' mission and, and help and be a part of what he's done and he's doing in and through all of us. And watch. Let me talk to you a little bit about what we're doing in Haiti. Um, like I said, for 20, 22 years, we were, you know, on staff at churches, and, you know, we did kids ministry and youth ministry and college ministry and um, family ministry, and, and it was awesome. It was great. And then last year, um, God just, you know, he moved us from California out to Tennessee, and God was like, you know, um, this may be the end. And I'm like, Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm 45 years old. I got a bunch of kids at home, and they're going into college. I'm like, don't make, don't disrupt this. Like, we're good. And so we land at this church in Tennessee, and, you know, we're youth pastors and family pastors, and uh, we, we get ready to go on an international missions trip. We used to go to Nicaragua at the church, and we went, and um, there was something that was stirring inside of me. The Holy Spirit was like saying, this isn't it. It's not what I want for these kids. And so uh, I had a buddy that attended the church, and his name was Mark Stewart. Any uh, CCM, Christian music people, Audio Adrenaline, you know that guy? He went to the church that we attended, and um, he, he was in Haiti. And Mark tells this story of um, where this uh, ministry began. Mark's parents were missionaries in Haiti for about two decades. And as he was in, uh, a teenager in high school, he visited uh, Haiti. And he went there with this, I'm the great white hope. I'm going to go and I'm going to show these Haitians how to dig holes and build buildings and latrines and stuff like that. I'm going to go and show them. And I think that's a mentality sometimes as missionaries. When we go, like we have all the answers. You guys sat back. We, we got this. We're here. And that was his mentality when he went. And so Mark gets to Haiti, he's like 16 years old, and he's in a hole with about five other Haitians, and they're digging this latrine. And 30 minutes later, he gets heat stroke. Has to go to the hospital, he's out the rest of the week, and that's where the Holy Spirit spoke to him. That's where he had to really sit in himself and really think about why he was there. And that was the beginning of this thing um, called Hands and Feet Project. And they wrote a song about it and, and all that stuff. But that was the beginning. Mark wanted to figure out a new way to do missions trip. And there's nothing wrong with going and building and serving for those that are in need, in that particular need, in crisis. But most of the time, people in foreign developing countries only need someone to step up alongside of them to help them. 
Like as the church, if we're honest, the church has done an injustice to developing countries by um, giving them aid, uh, ruining their economy by bringing in rice and beans and lights where they have people, they have farmers that do that. And it's put those farmers out of business. And so Mark has been dreaming and the staff at Hands and Feet, we've been dreaming about how do we do this differently? How do we do this in a healthier way? Can I show you a little bit of what we do? Let me, let me pause. So a part of what we do is we have two orphanages, but we call them uh, children's villages. And we have about 112 kids that live on campus and are in community care. And here's the cool thing. Hands and Feet, uh, Haiti has just done this huge survey of about 757 orphanages in Haiti. It's a lot, and that's not even all of them. Orphanages are a moneymaker in Haiti. So they survey 757 uh, orphanages, and they found that only 35 are uh, doing it correctly, that aren't being abusive, that aren't... Uh, they're, they're feeding their kids properly. Like, there's only 35 orphanages in Haiti that the government says that you can continue doing this. All the rest of them are in jeopardy of losing their business license. We're one of those 35. And for me, I am proud to be a part of an organization that is in a country like Haiti and really providing the healthiest care that we possibly can to the Haitians. A part of that, and what I'm a part of, is this thing called the condo. Can we show that video real quick? How am I doing on time? Am I good? For decades, the church has been sending thousands upon thousands of passionate short-term missionaries to Haiti to serve in the name of Christ. And although the hungry were fed, orphans were held, and the gospel was preached, the systemic issues of extreme poverty have not improved. In essence, we, the church, have helped build a nation dependent on aid. Our God-sized dream is for the church to be a part of the solution. What if we came to Haiti to experience its beauty rather than promote its brokenness? What if our mission trips to Haiti instilled dignity and pride through job creation rather than dependency and entitlement through handouts? Introducing Ikondo, a mission guest village. A mission tourism, job creation initiative powered by the Hands and Feet Project. We believe our next job in Haiti is to help create jobs for the Haitian people. Come serve, come explore, come retreat. Let's reshape the way we do missions in Haiti. The unemployment rate in Haiti is about 75, 80%. So when we look at why orphan care exists for the most part, most orphans in orphanages aren't there because they don't have a mom and a dad. They're there because mom and dad have decided that they can't take care of this kid and they're going to drop them off at the orphan. And so for us at Hands and Feet Project, we've decided, we've thought, we've, we've prayed. How do we get ahead of this? 
and it's through job creation. Haitian, the, the, the country of Haiti, they need jobs for the 13 million Haitians that live on this little small part of this island. They need jobs. And so for us, and when we look at the island, uh, would anybody just get on a bus and go hop on a plane and go now? I would. It's an island in the Caribbean. It's beautiful. But I guarantee you, if you know anybody that's ever been to Haiti, what have you heard? It's poor. It's, it looks horrible. The people, I mean, there's all these negative things. And that leads to a sense of hopelessness. But we want to show you something different. We want to show you the landscape and the beauty of not only the country, but the people. When you're digging a hole or latrine all week long, you don't get to see it. You don't get to experience it. Haiti once was, a, it was a, one of their major parts of their economic structure was tourism. And it's been lost. And so that's what we're trying to bring back. We're trying to bring back the tourism industry. We're trying to uh, provide Haitians with jobs through service and through hospitality. And this is where it gets emotional and personal for me because I've been there. The faces that you saw in that video, I know them personally. I know their story. I know their family. I know the need. And I'll, I guarantee you, and I'm going to, Emily, oh, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to land this plane. I know the need. They don't need for me to come and bring a mattress to them from America. They don't need me or you to come and bring them cans of food or beans and rice. They don't need, for the most part, they don't need me to come with a bunch of $20 bills and hand everybody that I see that I know that is, you know, doesn't have a lot. You know, they don't need that. You know what they need? They need to feel like they have a dignified job so that they can go to work and go home with dignity that they put in a day's wage, that they can sustain their family and not feel like a failure because all they have learned and know about life is that somebody's been giving them this money to sustain. When I look at my own life, I want, to, I want to go out and earn the day's wage to be able to support my family. That's what they want to. So for us at Hands and Feet, and ready? You guys get to be a part of it. You are a part of it. For Deb and I, I would say thank you. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for allowing us to come and talk. Thank you for the financial um, support that you give us to go and do that. It's making a difference. They laugh. They smile. They are proud because there are so many people in Haiti that don't have jobs. They do. As we continue to build Econdo, we'll probably be able to provide about 55 jobs. Enhancing Feed Project alone, we employ 250 people, 250 Haitians. We have this little offshoot company, it's called Haiti Made. They employ 85, so together as an organization, it's almost 400 jobs. That's an impact. 400 people get to come to work and then go home and feed their family. You're a part of that. So thank you.
Continue to pray for Haiti. Continue to pray for us because when we're there, we pray for them, but we pray for you too.